This is the day the Lord has made. Come on, let's rejoice and be glad in it. I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church of Houston, Texas. I want to thank you today for the privilege of your time. We greet you in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love to the family of hope and love to all of you who are tuning in. Now remember, you're not watching to make us a big church. We are here to help you to become the biggest and best Christian you can possibly be. And whether you are in the Houston metropolitan area or in a country around the world, we want you to know that we count this as a privilege to be able to inform your head, inspire your heart, and encourage your spirit to become all that God wants you to be. We want to keep in prayer our brothers and sisters on the Louisiana Gulf Coast and those around the country. I, I'm not a weather expert. I'm not a meteorologist. But God, I got to tell you, man, you know, when people talk about climate change not being real and it's a figment of our imagination, I'm telling you, when you see all of these storms and, and firestorms and tornadoes and, and what's happening, not just in our country, but around the world, uh, somebody better come to know who God is. That's all I'm saying. Somebody better come to know who God is. Uh, our scripture reading today comes from Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 25. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads as follows. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. I've read for you Hebrews chapter 11 verses 25 through 29 from the New Living Translation of the Bible. This is the word of the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we bless you and we thank you for just the opportunity, the privilege to be used in your kingdom work, to be part of your kingdom. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will bless every person under the sound of my voice, everyone who is listening from near and far, every person who is tuning in. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Use your word to encourage and inspire your people, to help those who need you come to know you and those who know you to help them grow in you. We ask you to bless right now, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's prepare now to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. 
Uh, if you have your elements close by, get them together. Uh, if not, I'm going to give you a minute to get your elements. There are those of you who are watching and you have your uh, cracker, your grape juice, uh, your piece of bread. Uh, there are those of you who have come through and picked up your communion elements and want to thank God for our deacons and their faithfulness to make sure that we are uh, touching the lives of people in a very, very personal way. But however you celebrated with us, uh, whatever elements you use, we want to remember the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was sacrificed for us. Uh, as we go to the cross today, as we uh, go to Calvary today, I'm reminded of my late pastor, the pastor of my family home church, Dr. R.A. Laws, the Mount Lebanon Baptist Church in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Let me say hello to all of the Mount Lebanonites out there, both near and far. And I, I went to see Pastor Laws at his home. Uh, he was there in his hospital bed, didn't know that would be the last time I would see him. And so we started talking. I was in seminary at the time, and it was, it was Pastor Law's desire he had expressed to me and my family that he wanted me to succeed him at the Mount Lebanon Church. And I felt like God was calling me to go to Dallas Seminary, and I followed that calling. And while I was in seminary, Pastor Laws was so supportive and so kind and so generous, supported me through seminary. And I went back home and went by to visit him heard he wasn't doing real well and when I got there uh, we started talking that was actually the first time I had been in his home even though I had been in his presence many times and we sat there and we just started talking about how he was doing how he was feeling and you know he started telling me but you know it was it's well with my soul he used to call me bud all the time he said bud it's well with my soul everything is is all right how you doing? How's school doing? And, and, and so I would share with him. And, and finally, as we were concluding our conversation, I said to him, I said, Pop, I said, tell me what you would say to a young preacher. A young preacher who's maybe just getting started in his ministry career. What, what would you say to that young preacher? And he said to me, he said, I would tell that preacher, whatever you do, don't forget Calvary. Don't forget Calvary. And I said, what, what do you mean, Pop? He said, well, he said, we, we do a lot of things in, in the church. He said, good things, but, but we've got to remember Calvary. He said, I, 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 I'm, I'm looking at us now and we, we give our clothes and we give our food and, and those are good things. He says, but if we don't take people by Calvary, we're just a social service organization. What makes us unique, what makes us different is Calvary. Then he said, he said, Bud, he said, I'm proud of you. He said, you, you're preparing to be a 21st century preacher. And uh, I, won't, I won't be able to make it to your graduation. He said, but, but just remember to go by Calvary. Matter of fact, he got happy just talking about Calvary, took his arm from under the blanket and raised it up over his head. He said, yes, go by Calvary. He said, matter of fact, when you graduate, before you hang your degree on the wall, he says, take it by Calvary and dip it in the blood and sanctify it. 
remember to go by Calvary. You know, sometimes we get into the ritual and routine of the Lord's Supper that we forget the significance of it. To allow our minds to go by Calvary. Remember the sacrifice that the Lord made for us. Let's pray and ask God's blessings on these elements. And as we prepare to celebrate the Lord's Supper, Elder Taylor is going to lead us in song. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. Bless these elements right now, the fruit of the vine and the unleavened bread that represent your blood and represent your body. As we partake of these elements, Lord, help us to do so in remembrance of you that we would not eat or drink damnation unto our own souls, but that we would partake of it in a worthy fashion, ascribing to it the value that it should have because of what and who it represents. Forgive us of our sins, God. Where we have ought against another, help us to forgive. And where another has an ought against us, God, help them to forgive. That our spiritual record may be clear as we come to this table. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank God. Lead me to Calvary. Come on, sing with Elder Taylor as he leads us. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn crown brow Lord, holy me to Calvary come on let's not forget lest I forget Gethsemane lest I forget Thine agony. Yes, Lord. Lest I forget thy love for me. Lord, have mercy. Lead me to Calvary. Come on, sing that chorus again. Lest I forget Gethsemane. Oh, lest I forget Gethsemane. Lest I forget, lest I forget thine agony. agony. Lest I forget oh, your love. For lest me. I forget thy love for me. Lord, have mercy, Lord, lead me. <laughs> yes, sir. Come on, somebody, as we go to Calvary, remember his love for you. Remember the sacrifice he made for you. And be reminded of what he expects from you because of what the Lord has already done for you. On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and after he blessed it, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Everybody say, for me. It might be hard for you to realize this, but 
the Lord loved you so much that he died for you not because you deserved him dying for you but because you needed him to die for you and that's just one expression of God's love for you let us eat and remember his body for us amen Likewise, he took the cup, the fruit of the vine, and after he blessed it, he poured it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take drink. This is my blood. This is the new covenant. The writer of Hebrews said, without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sins. Is when we go to Calvary, we remember the body and the blood of our Lord. Let's drink and remember his shed blood together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to worship you around this table, to be reminded of Gethsemane and your agony and your love for us. Thank you for allowing us to revisit Calvary today. We ask you to bless as only you can, Lord, what we have done, that our worship will be pleasing in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Lord, have mercy. Lead me to Calvary. Boy, that takes me back. That takes me back. That takes me back. I could just take off right there if we didn't have somewhere to go already. What a, what a, what a word. What a word. What a powerful, great hymn of our church. Lead me to Calvary. Well, where are all of my September birthdays all of my september birthdays all of my september birthdays wherever you are come on stand up on your feet listen if you have nobody with you dance all by yourself you know you hear people say right laugh like nobody's listening dance like nobody's watching just man enjoy life this is your birthday come on let's celebrate your birthday all right well we're singing happy Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Well, we're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Oh, Lord, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Yes, sir. Well, you look good. Don't you know you look fine? We hope you have a man listen i hope and pray you have a happy birthday take the whole month if you want man listen if we've learned nothing else over the last 16 17 months we have been reminded in a real real stark way how short life can be and so i hope and pray that you take every moment to celebrate life and to live every day as a day of thanksgiving and don't forget Man, if you haven't gotten your vaccines, please, man, please, sir. It, it, it does, to me, it just doesn't make sense to see people who are dying, who have contracted the Delta variant, 
and they just haven't gotten vaccinated. And if somebody said, well, you know, I, I, I heard the vaccine will kill somebody. I guarantee you COVID-19 and the Delta variant have killed way, way more people than any vaccine has. So I would encourage you, please, ma'am, please, sir, do your research, but go get the vaccine. And if you've already gotten your vaccine, be prayerful about getting the booster shot as well. All right. Elder Taylor and the praise team are going to come and minister in song. And following that, we'll have our word for today. Amen. Come by and put your hands together and give God some praise. Oh, we bless your name today, God. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands. Everybody clap your hands right there. Mm. The name of the Lord is a strong town. The name of the Lord is a strong town. The righteous run in and they are saved. The righteous run in and they are saved. The Call his 
Glory and to he God. is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, yes. Somebody lift your hands and just tell him you are God. And beside you there is none other. You alone are God. Hallelujah. I know they try to define you, attempt to describe you. It's hard to exemplify your worth. Even I call you great, and there's nobody great. But sometimes I just should call upon your name. In your name there is safety and security And whosoever calls on you can be saved Oh God, your name has so much strength Your name alone is strong Say you are God. And there's nobody like you, Lord. Say you are God, yes. God, my God. 
My, 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 God, my God. Seminary would call that theology proper. Celebrating who God is in your life, his person, his presence, his promises, his power. And, and what a powerful idea when you can say not only God, but you can use the personal pronoun of possession, my God. He's my God. Come on, if he's your God, put it in the chat if you will. Just, just put in there, he's my God. He's my God. He's my God. And just assure yourself of that. Because so many times in life we get so caught up in what we're going through that we forget to celebrate the one who's bringing us through. We're talking about the size of our problems instead of talking about the size of our God. My God. Thank you, praise team, for allowing the Lord to use you in such a powerful way. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we bless you and thank you for this day. And we pray now that everything that we do and say in the preaching and teaching of your word, that it will bless us to become all you want us to be. We love you and we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Every part of our country has uh, what you would call idiosyncratic weather tendencies, uh, things that are unique to that part of the country. And what's interesting to me is that when you talk to people from various parts of the country, 
who love where they live, uh, you might hear somebody say, if it wasn't for this, everybody would want to live here. Let me give you an example. Uh, Oprah was talking about how wonderful a city Chicago is. And she said, if it wasn't for the brutal winners, everybody would want to live in Chicago. Uh, For somebody else, uh, San Francisco is their favorite place, or or maybe Florida, right? Florida is a great destination state. And you hear people say, man, I would love to live in Florida if it wasn't for the hurricanes, right? Uh, Somebody else may say, you know, no, the best place to raise a family and and live is, is middle America, uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, they talk about just, you know, great uh, home values and family values. And, and people will say everybody would want to live there if it wasn't for the tornadoes. New Orleans is a place that is in the news now. The Gulf Coast region is in a place. And, and those of you who have been to New Orleans will, will testify that New Orleans is a great place, wonderful people, and, and everybody would want to live there. I mean, it's, just a, it's a beautiful city, a beautiful place to live if it wasn't for the flooding. Houston, the city that I live in, Houston, we have more restaurants per capita than any other city in the United States. It is a world-class city in terms of the amenities and, and the diversity in terms of populations here in the city of Houston. And everybody would want to live in Houston if it wasn't for the daggone heat. I told somebody we got two seasons in Houston. It's hot and then hotter. But there's one weather phenomenon that I can't get with, y'all. I, I can't get with. I, I love, I love the state of California. I, I love San Francisco, Los Angeles, northern, southern. Man, I love California. It's a beautiful place. But, but, but everybody, I think, would, would love to live there if it wasn't for the earthquakes, y'all. And, and let me tell you what bothers me about earthquakes. Uh, you, you can't prepare for them. In terms of, okay, here's a storm coming in the Gulf, so evacuate, right? Like you can't give an evacuation order for a coming earthquake. Uh, they, they have studied uh, atmospheric disturbances enough to know that they can sound a tornado alarm if the atmosphere is such that a tornado is likely to be produced. They, they can sound the alarm and people run for shelter. But, but there are no alarms for earthquakes. Earthquakes just happen. And what I don't like about an earthquake is when it happens, you in it. And you're in it for as long as it lasts and there's nothing you can do about it. Wherever you are, that's where you are. You can't run from one place to get out of the earthquake. No, when you're in an earthquake, you're in an earthquake. Uh, the largest earthquake ever recorded was May 22, 1960. It's called the Great Chilean Earthquake, uh, Valdivia, Chile, in uh, southern Chile. Uh, it occurred at 3.11 p.m., and this earthquake lasted 10 minutes, 10 minutes. It was 9.5 on the Richter scale, the largest recorded earthquake in the history of recording earthquakes. 
They said it was so powerful that it caused tsunamis as far away as the Aleutian Islands, New Zealand, and Australia. Can you imagine that? Now, I've been in an earthquake before, y'all. I've been in an earthquake, and, and it only lasted a few seconds. It only lasted a few seconds. But I can't imagine being in an earthquake and being shaken at 9.5 on the Richter scale for 10 minutes. Here's here's the thing that's interesting to me. While all of us have heard and seen the devastating effects of earthquakes, we just saw one not long ago in Haiti. Uh, While we know what an earthquake can do, let me ask you a question. What do you do when God causes a person quake? A person quake. And what I mean by that is, what, what do you do When you experience a shaking of your life, a shaking of your situation, a shaking of your family, a shaking of your home, a shaking of your life personally, uh, professionally, what do you do when your life is being shaken by God? I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that over the last 15, 16, 17 months, we have experienced a shaking like no other. We have experienced the shaking of our lives. And here's the question. In the midst of the global grief, in the midst of this still raging pandemic, in the midst of economic upheaval and political unrest, in the midst of everything that's going on, how do you respond when your life is being shaken? Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought how to celebrate when God shakes you, how to celebrate when God shakes you. Now, now I've got to tell you, as we move to our scripture today, uh, th- this, is, this is not the normal response that you will see when somebody has their life shaken. This is not normal. When, when, when you pull in the camera close and you see people being interviewed on the heels of their life being shaken and and what they have known being destroyed, uh, you don't find people shouting. You don't find people rejoicing. You don't find people smiling. They, they, they're typically in shock. Maybe they're, they're devastated. They, they are depressed. They, they are going through all kinds of emotions, but very rarely will you find somebody celebrating being shaken. But today... I want to help you see the shaking in a new way. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 is our text today. Hebrews chapter 12. We read it earlier for you, verses 25 through 29. Uh, We should be able to get through uh, a couple of the points and then finish up on next week. In our text today, uh, we look at the fifth and final warning in the book of Hebrews. Uh, and, And basically the warning is this. Make sure you don't refuse the one who is speaking. And in particular, what he is referencing is making sure you don't refuse or reject God. You don't reject the message that is coming from his son, Jesus Christ. That you make sure you hear what the Lord is saying, the mediator, the one whose blood cleanses us and and washes us and saves us. Right? It it is by him that we are justified in the sight of God. He says, make sure 
that you don't reject what the Lord is trying to tell you about your life and about your living. In particular, he references Moses as the one who spoke on earth and what God did when he shook the earth on Mount Sinai. But God says there's still some shaking that's going on even in our lives today. And so today I want to help you refocus your life. I want to help you think about this shaking in a whole nother way. Uh, Instead of seeing it as uh, drudgery, seeing it as something you would rather avoid because you couldn't avoid it, see it as something that can help you greater focus on who God is in your life, how to celebrate when God shakes you. Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to realize the shaking of your world is predictable. The shaking of your world is predictable. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 25, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. The children of Israel rejected initially the words of Moses. And when God spoke from that mountain, he shook the mountain. He shook everything around him. Now the writer of Hebrews says, there's some more shaking that's going to take place. And the person who's going to do the shaking, the entity who's going to do the shaking is God. And when God shakes, he's going to shake not just the earth, he is going to shake the heavens. He's going to get everybody's attention. And here's basically what the Lord is saying to us. Shake-ups are nothing new in this world or in your world. As a matter of fact, Uh, If the truth be told, we have all experienced at one time or another a shaking of our world, Uh, whether it was mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual, whether it was personal or professional, we have all experienced our world being shaken. And if you haven't experienced the shaking of your world yet, I'll tell you like the old folks said, just keep on living. You're going to experience the shaking of your world when when you expected things to go right and they went left. When you expect to win and you lose, when when you expect to get the job and you end up getting laid off, uh, when you expect to be well and you end up getting sick, you will experience a shaking of your world. And there's somebody who can testify right now that over the last 15, 16, 17 months, And for somebody else, even before COVID, your world was being shaken. Your world was being shaken. And I want you to know a shaking of your world is nothing new. Look at John 16, verse 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, be encouraged. I have overcome the world. God makes a promise in verse 26 that I will shake not only the earth, 
but the heavens. John says, in this world, you will have tribulation. This shaking of our world is not only predictable, it's promised. It's going to happen if you live long enough. You are going to experience a shaking of your world. Look at James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. There are no exemptions from times of fear shaking in life. And can I tell you something about that shaking? Y'all, when when you're shaking like that, it, it can shake you to the very core of your being, not just physically, but child of God, it will shake you in terms of your trust and your faith in God. I mean, if you want to know whether or not you've been shaken, that's when you sure enough been shaken. When, when you start praying like that father and you say to the Lord, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief because there's some stuff going on here, God. I don't understand. Lord, I am being shaken to my very core. Where, where are you being shaken right now? Where, where is, is, is God shaking you? For somebody, um, I, I can see you right now in my spirit mind. I can, I can see you. You're being shaken physically. You're going through physical maladies and physical illness. For somebody, uh, you're being shaken financially. Uh, just consistently, your month is longer than your money. Uh, for somebody else, you're being shaken professionally, vocationally. Uh, you, you lost your job. You're trying to get a job. Unemployment is running out. You're, you're trying to figure out how, how you're going to make it. You're, you're being shaken. Your, your faith is being tested. You're being shaken. God says you need to know that the shaking of your world is predictable and promised. But here's the second thing, and then I'm going to close on this. God says not only will the shaking of your world be predictable and promised, but number two, you need to realize the shaking of your world is purposeful. Purposeful. I'm going to put a cord in the meter and park right here for a second. Understand that the shaking of your world is not just predictable and promised, but there's a purpose behind the shaking of your world. It's right here in the text. Look at what the text says, verse 27. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Man, if you're not shouting right now, you missed it. But let me see if I can help you out before I take my seat. In our text, God says, God-induced turbulence has a twofold purpose. First of all, don't think God is not behind it. No, God, at the very least, will allow it. But there are times that God will cause it. So here is this God-induced turbulence. What are you trying to do? Look at A. The shaking of your world will remove what needs to be gone. Lord, have mercy. The shaking of your world will remove what needs to be gone. Text says, this means that all of creation will be shaken and removed. When God shakes your world, he will remove what is undependable, unreliable, unnecessary. But not only will he remove what is unreliable, unnecessary, and unneeded, he will remove who is unreliable, unnecessary, 
and unneeded. God, when he starts shaking, he starts removing. Things will be revealed for what they are. People will be revealed for what and who they are. When God starts shaking, when God starts Start shaking. Boy, that, that, he'll let you know who your friends are when, when you've been shaking. He'll let you know what really matters when you've been shaking. He'll let you know who really has your back when you've been shaking. Real friends show up when you're being shaken. Fair weather friends are gone when you've been shaken. God says, you will be shaken and, and some things will be removed. But, but watch B. Not only will some things be removed when you're shaken. Look at B. The shaking of your world will reaffirm what's real and needs to remain. The shaking of your world will reaffirm what's real and needs to remain. Look at the B part of verse 27. The B part of verse 27, so that only unshakable things will remain. So that only unshakable things will remain. What's real and what needs to remain in your life will be reaffirmed after your world has been shaken. It's on the other side of God shaking your world that you can identify the false and the real. And you'll identify what needs to be removed and what can remain. It's almost like God saying, if it can't withstand the shaking, then it doesn't need to be in your life. Can I tell you something? There are a whole lot of times in, in the shaking of our lives, the things that we thought we couldn't live without, God will reveal to us that we can live without them. He will reveal to us sometimes in a very painful way that what we really need to make it in this world are not the things that we thought we needed or the people that we thought we needed. God will use the shaking of our world to reveal to us that what we really need in life is him. What we really need in life is him. Now, watch this. Somebody, you may be saying, well, wait a minute. Doesn't God use people in your life? Absolutely. God will use people in your life. But God does not want you to have people in your life at his expense. God does not want you to have people in your life as your priority above him. And sometimes God's got to shake you so that you will focus on him. You know what happened to the children when the mountain began to erupt when God shook the mountain on Mount Sinai. They heard Moses because God got their attention. Somebody ought to hear me today because I promise you, in the midst of this shaking, if you don't get anything else, understand that God is trying to get your attention. And I don't care how theologically sound you are. I don't care how many languages you speak. I don't care how many times you have read the Bible. I don't care how many Bible studies you have gone to, how many conferences you have gone to, how many notes you have taken, how many notebooks full you have of notes. I don't care how much you watch Christian television, listen to Christian radio, 
or subscribe to Christian networks on the World Wide Web or on cable television. At the end of the day, guess what? God is going to have to shake your world every now and then. Preach, Cofield. God is going to shake your world to get your attention. Let me just close by, by telling you this. Over the last uh, year, year and a half, it, it has arguably been some of the most challenging times I've ever had. I, I mean, and what's interesting is some of it is, of course, you know, understandable, right? You know, the pandemic comes and, you know, praying about what, what God wants us to do as a church, recognizing that even though the doors are closed, that the church is still open, and, and how do we shift, how do we pivot to make sure that we are a viable force on the digital platform and, and impacting people, discipling people, helping people come to know Jesus, helping people who need Jesus, right? Helping people grow in the Lord. I mean, all of that was challenging enough. All of that was challenging enough. And, and then uh, I had a fall. I had a fall June 1st. And, and I... Uh, damaged my right knee, which was already damaged. I've had a couple of surgeries on it. Um, was out walking, exercising, and, and stepped in a mud puddle and slipped and, and fell. Hurt my knee. And, man, I'm trying to recover from that. And, and so I, I remember saying to myself, man, you, you got to get back in the gym. You got to get get in shape, you know, you got, you got, because COVID, man, it's taking its toll on you, you gaining some weight. And, um, and then September the 1st, uh, that evening, I was coming down the steps, and I had gone in the bathroom, washed my hands, thought I had dried them, my hands were a little slick, grabbed the banister, going down the stairs in my house, my hands slipped, my left leg, which was my good leg, buckled under me and snapped my quadricep muscle. Snapped my quadricep muscle. I'm, I'm laying at, at the base of the stairs in the most pain I have ever been in in my life. And I can remember, you know, I don't, as you get older, man, you like fall in slow motion. You know what I mean? So like it was like, Oh, no, I'm in trouble. It wasn't that slow in actuality, but in my mind, I was moving slow, but I knew trouble was coming. Tore my quadricep muscle, dislocated the knee. Even when the swelling went down, I couldn't straighten my leg. Go to the doctor. Schedules me for an MRI. I go get the MRI, get the x-ray, knee is tore up. That's the good leg. And, man, he scheduled me for surgery that week. He was like, man, we need to get in. And then once he got in, he told my wife it was worse than I even thought. Now, I'm still dealing with COVID. I'm still dealing with the pandemic. I'm, I'm dealing with getting my own vaccinations. And we're, you know, feeding people. And we're, 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 we're vaccinating people. We're doing everything that we can to help in this battle but I can't move. I can't get around like I would normally get around. Couldn't take care of myself. My wife did an absolutely tremendous job. I, I mean, I already love my wife, but man, 
I just thank God for her. She was a, a trooper beyond measure and took care of me. But, but, but listen, y'all, my, my world was being shaken. My world was being shaken. Then while that's going on, we, we got a lawsuit going on with the church where we were being sued for something that we didn't do. And we won the lower court ruling, and then the court of appeals overturned the decision, and that was devastating. And I was like, oh, my God, God, what are you doing? Then I got sued by a, a family member removed who was suing me about something that belonged to my mother. And so she's suing my sister and I. And, and man, I'm, I'm being shaken again, y'all. I'm just trying to show you what God was doing in the midst of everything. And then I had friends who were dying of COVID, people who were losing their lives, members who were passing away, and I was being shaken. And, and everything that I thought could sustain me and carry me was gone. And it was as if God said by the Holy Spirit, just tapped me on the shoulder and said, you forgot about me. You forgot about me. And y'all, I started praying like I never prayed before. I mean, I, I was praying. I was praying so I wasn't even closing out prayers. I would just put a dot, dot, dot at the end of the prayer. I'll be back in a minute. I'd have a meeting, and I had meetings in between prayer. I go to bed, fall asleep, praying, wake up in the morning, praying, not just thanking God for waking me up, but God show me how I need to depend upon you, how I need to rely upon you, how I need to exercise faith in you in the midst of this shaking, because you are removing and revealing. You are removing what needs to be gone and revealing what needs to remain. And for somebody today, I want you to, if you can, shift from a suffering mentality to a celebratory mentality, to begin to celebrate that God is still in your life and your walk with God is still real and God is still doing something marvelous in you and he's working it out and he's going to work it out for your good and his glory and his glory trumps your good. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today. I thank you for your word. And I pray now, God, that somebody under the sound of my voice would see this shaking as not a negative, but as a positive. See it not as a burden, but as a blessing. Help them to celebrate the purpose behind your shaking. Help them to not lament what has been lost, but help them to celebrate what remains and to give you glory in the midst of it all. We love you, God. Where my prayers fall short, make up the differences. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My brothers and sisters, thank you for being with us on today. Now, very quickly, before we let you go, just a couple of things. If you need Jesus Christ in your life and you want to know how to accept Jesus Christ in your life, please click on the tab that says, I want to accept Christ, but how? And we'll walk you through how to pray the prayer of salvation, how to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. If you don't know, if you want somebody to show you how, 
we would be honored and humbled to show you how to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. If you want to become part of our church family, we extend to you that opportunity as well. I want to join the church and we'll walk you into our digital church family to show you how to become part of our family so we can help facilitate your discipleship on the digital platform. Uh, Don't know where you are in your walk with God, um, but if we can help you, we want to do that. And we would love to do that for this season of your life. We're not asking you for a lifetime commitment. It could just be for this season. For this season, we would love to be able to pour into your life, connect with you, to help you to become all that God wants you to be. Uh, If you'd like to worship the Lord in giving, there are six ways that you can worship the Lord in giving here on the digital platform. I want to thank you for your generosity. I want to thank you for your honoring and obeying God in the giving of your gifts. Uh, We're still feeding uh, hundreds, thousands of people uh, each month here at our church through our food pantry. Um, We're gearing up now for our disaster relief for those in the Gulf Coast region. Um, So we'll be moving towards that. If you'd like to give towards that, uh, we would love for you to do that. Um, We're also preparing for our juvenile diversionary program that will be kicking off. And I, man, I'm so excited about the opportunity to change the lives of young people and their families, to put them on a different trajectory in life. I will tell you this, next to my relationship with Jesus Christ, nothing has changed my life more than an education. And it's something that nobody can take from me. And we want to give our young people what they need to be successful, to be productive and positive citizens in the world. And so we ask you to join us in that work. You can give towards that as well. All right. Last but not least, listen, uh, make sure that you pray for those who are in need of prayer. Um, When you watch the news, you know, sometimes we don't want to watch the news because it can be depressing. Uh, But I want to encourage you as you watch the news and you see stories come up, just pray for families. Just intercede on behalf of families, families that have experienced tragedies, families that have experienced difficulties and hard times, just lift them in prayer and intercede on their behalf. All right. God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. I pray that God will bless you this Lord's day and will bless you every day that you would give him the glory and give him the honor. All right. God bless you and God be with you is my prayer. to encourage your brother or sister. Tell them God is doing something wonderful in you. Come on, tell them. God is doing something wonderful. God is doing something wonderful in you. Something awesome, yeah. Something awesome and it made 
inside. And it's showing up on the outside. Oh, something awesome and incredible that only He will get the glory. God is doing something wonderful, incredible and awesome. God is doing something wonderful in me. 